As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I have nightmares. It's a scary book. <laughs> knowing knowing that as you chill. do, Joe. I'm just saying you might. Probably. Hi everyone. Welcome to episode 165 of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Adam and I'm joined by Jill. How's it going, Jill? Good, how are you? I'm good. Are you checking levels right now? Maybe. <laughs> What's going on? Not much. Just getting ready for Halloween. Yeah, getting what? ready for Halloween. Um, so before I get into my rambling that I want to do, first off, let everyone know what you did this episode. So um, last week, we you talked with Christina and Andrea about young adult horror, and this week, I talked with Christina and Andrea and our coworker Shannon about adult horror books. We promise there are way more readers in this office. It just so happened that Christina and Andrea are big horror horror readers uh, of both YA and adult. So. Yes, and Shannon, this is Shannon's first time on the podcast, too. Yes, which is awesome. We yeah. love getting new voices here. We're always bringing in new people here at Overdrive, so we every couple of months, Jill and I do the whole, hey, who wants to come on the podcast? And we get new names all the time, which is great, so... I'm excited to listen to it. This is our, like we said, like I think our last kind of horror genre one. We have, a, I think, one or two more interviews with horror-adjacent uh, yes. authors. Yes. And then we pretty much run the gamut after that. Um, I want to ask, so I, last week for the YA one, I was talking to Don Kurtagich, and we talked about stuff that we always do for Halloween. So I wanted to ask you, do you have either movies you watch every year or things that you guys do like, as a tradition for Halloween. I know I'm putting you on the spot here. Uh, movies I always watch are uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Of course. Um, oh, that's a good Halloween costume. Anyway, sorry, okay. That's a really good Halloween get, costume? No, no, no. As I get distracted, I'm I'm at that point where I'm like, I have no Halloween costume. I mm-hmm. do, but I could go to Magenta. Um, <gasps> that would be super easy. I just have to... Okay. Anyway. Okay. Tangent. <laughs> um, Rocky Horror Picture Show, Rosemary's Baby, and... Pocus Pocus. Ooh, Rosemary's Baby. I love Rosemary's Baby. It's really good. It's so good. It's one of my favorites. And uh, Did you see the new one they did a couple years ago? No. No. Don't. Don't. <laughs> it's not good. It was very bad. It's very, very bad. No, I love Rosemary's Baby. Um, So the reason I ask, and we are also a Hocus Pocus household, and I talked last week about Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, so last week on Saturday, we had every year – on Christmas Eve Eve, my wife and I and my sister-in-law and a few people have what we call Sausmas. So we have all of our friends over. You're right to give me that look. Oh, we have a bunch of friends come over and we literally just, we imbibe on a lot of alcohol and we watch a bunch of Christmas movies. So this year we wanted to do it for the first time for Halloween. So we had a bunch of friends come over. We originally told them, like, come over at any time during the day, assuming they would come over in, like, the evening. No, all of our friends showed up at, like, noon. So we yeah. did brunch and we spent... 12 hours watching uh, Halloween movies. Wow. So we started like lighthearted. We did Nightmare Before Christmas and then Hocus Pocus and we did um, Monster Squad and um, oh shoot, why am I drawing a blank? Vampires with it's very old. Um, we're going to have to cut all this like, out. Is it called Vampires? No, 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 no. Um, not Sparatu? No, no, no. Not that old. It's like from the 80s oh. and it has it's kind of oh man. Just cut all this out. I can't think of what it was. Uh, as we went through the day, we got like more scary. Um, so we ended with 
the original Halloween, which is my favorite. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. And then um, we also did, we watched The Conjuring 2. Whoa. I saw the first one. I didn't. Second one's creepy. Is it? Yeah. Um, but it was cool. So we, I was, I've been thinking about this a lot because we've, I feel like we've really executed well on our Halloweening this year. Yeah, my friends, um, we've been doing that for a long time. Uh, there's usually one night during October where um, they, one of my friends sets up a big projector, and mm-hmm. we go and we watch like really campy '70s and '80s movies. Yes. Um, I unfortunately was not able to attend this year, which is on Saturday. But yeah, that's something we've been doing for a long, yeah. long time. Lost Boys was the movie oh. that I couldn't think of, so now you don't have to cut out any of that stuff that I said to cut out earlier. God. Lost Boys. Yeah. My wife loves it. Kiefer Sutherland has some pretty great hair in it. Yeah. Well, he um, did for most of his life. Yes. We're also going to watch Trick or Treat this this week because we always watch Trick or Treat. The, um, if, no one, if people haven't seen it, it came out a few years ago, and it's like a series of short, story, of short horror stories that are all tied together. A little bit of an anthology. It's very cool. All right. It's really good stuff. So I've rambled way too long. I know this is a long episode again, so I shouldn't have done that. If people want to get a hold of us, how can they do that? They can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ProBookNerds. They can also email us directly at ProfessionalBookNerds at Overdrive.com. Yes, they can. Uh, if you want to get some book recommendations, if you want to tell us what you want to hear from us, all sorts of stuff. So, yeah. Anything else people should know before they dive into this episode? Something related, but something I meant to say in the podcast but forgot. Um, so, we do talk about House of Leaves. <laughs> For our Cleveland friends, who are also House of Leaves fans, he will actually be in Cleveland on November 7th through Max Fax on the east side. Ooh. Yes. I cannot attend. I have my own author event. But um, you may see some of our uh, coworkers there because I, I told a couple who I know are, are um, fans of his. So If Christina doesn't go, I'm going to yell at her. I, she was one of the ones I told. <laughs> Good. I, I had a friend. He was here... Um, Last year, I mean, he's here for the his his books, The Familiar, um, and I could not attend last year because ankle issues. Mm, but um, ankle gate, yeah, ankle gate. Um, but a friend of mine went and and she took her copy of House of Leaves. He literally just did a big Z. Yeah, that's amazing. As a signature, I was like, oh god, and yeah, I can't go this time. I could wow. give Christina my copy and be like, yes, you could copy. absolutely sign for me. Hey, you know what? We bring her on the podcast all the time. I feel like it's the least she could do is get you a book signed. So that's for our Cleveland friends. That's for awesome. those non-Cleveland friends, he's on tour apparently. So that's amazing. check out and see if he's coming near you if you're a House of Leaves fan. That's very, very cool. So That's all. All right. Well, and we have a lot of really cool stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. That Yeah, actually, follow our Instagram because there'll be a lot of behind-the-scenes behind stuff that you'll see over the next couple of weeks. We have some very fun people visiting the office. We do. So... Um, that's a little like, hey, go follow our Instagram. Uh, okay, anything else? Nope. Awesome. Well, I hope you guys enjoy this Halloween special episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. Last week, we had young adult horror novels, and today we are talking about the grown-up adult horror novels. Yay! Yay! Ah! Um, so, <laughs> Christina and Andrea are back. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hi. And we you're going to make that happen. I'm going to make that happen. <laughs> Uh, we also have Shannon, who is brand new. Hi, Shannon. Hello, Jill. Happy to be here. Yay! Yay! First time on the podcast. It's very exciting. I feel like that was in harmony, and I'm really proud of I us. I know. <laughs> this is why I like having you guys on. Okay, so it is October. We Friday are, the 13th. We are sorry, recording. The I just <laughs> yelled. I yelled so much. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we are indeed... Oh, God, Shannon, this is like... <laughs> Just so everyone knows, my dress also has the pattern of 13s on it, along it's, with vintage cats and jack-o'-lanterns. Yeah. I dressed for the occasion. She I, looks thank wonderful. You. Thank you. Vintage. Yes. Really loving the cut of the dress. Oh, yeah. Looking... You're missing out, guys. <laughs> Frankly. Visualize it. <laughs> I'm in a sweater that is a bit frumpy. <laughs> but comfy frumpy. Comfy frumpy. Perfect for reading horror books. In. I think we're getting off topic. Yeah. We are. I'm actually wearing black and like a... Orangish, yeah. orangish. It was not planned that way, but there you go. Yeah, so. Look and fly as well. Thanks. Andrea's wearing a hunter green. 
black skinny jeans. Yep. And some um, boots. Cafe boots. There you go. Yeah. There we go. All We're right. all caught up. We're rocking it. Yeah. <laughs> so, should we get the big one out of the way since we are talking? <laughs> yeah. Well, I also want to give Shannon, like, this was your first one, right? Yeah. Let's get it out of the way then. You get to introduce it, though. Well, I will first tell you, though, yeah, that Adam specifically told me that Christina is not allowed to. <laughs> I know. I bring it up every single time, so everyone should know. But that's okay. You can. I, I gave you permission Thank to talk you, about it. But it was on Shannon's, her number one. So go ahead and, and tell us what your number one book is for this. All right. Well, my number one book is House of Leaves. What? I, I had a really amazing experience reading this book as well because I was on a drive across the country with my entire family. And so for 11-hour days, over the course of, I think, five days, I read this book in a car while my family was listening to other audiobooks and screaming about Dean Koontz things. So it was a little <laughs> bit of a juxtaposition situation. Um I really immersed myself in it, which is, as all of us know, because of House of Leaves, you have to immerse yourself you in that book. Um, I, I, I just, I feel like it's a, it's like a sounding block for me. So many things I, I feel like are homages to House of Leaves these days. A lot of contemporary horror books that I read, um, you know, have direct homages, like Navinson, you know, is in other things that I've read too. And let's just say it's, I mean, it's going to be a favorite for mine for the rest of my life. <laughs> now, what I, book is this? The House of Leaves. I'm kidding. Oh, I was like, <laughs> what you how are you not sure? Like I'll also say that uh this is not actually a book that is currently available for sale in Overdrive Marketplace. However, I think we had a version at one point. We did. So your library might have it. Um that said, I, I don't do this very often because there's very few reasons where it would be necessary to say this. If you're gonna read this book, get the physical copy because <gasps> Chill. So <laughs> Sometimes I just you don't have know to how turn it upside you down have to turn it upside and, like, down in the mirror. Yeah. I feel like it would ruin the reading experience. It's a very textile. It is very. You yeah. want to like, you want to touch it. Like yeah. you want to be able to really immerse yourself as you're reading it. I know. I know when I got them too, there were different editions, and I got like the full color, which oh. you know, house is always in blue, and so whenever I write it out, still I always have like a blue marker when yeah. I write out House of Leaves because I feel like you know Dan is, gonna yeah. be well, come and get me. I feel if like I the don't. editor of this book was like, oh, I don't. Know. I mean, I don't think. Like, <laughs> I'm sure the editor gave up halfway through because it would take forever. They were probably like, no, it's fine. That's why there's so many pages of footnotes. It's great. Yeah. But I I read it from recommendation from my friend Julia. Hello, Julia. She actually let me borrow her copy, and I picked it up and tried to read it and then put it down and then picked it up and then put it down. And finally, because a book you almost kind of have to commit to reading in mm-hmm. one sitting mm-hmm. because you almost have to adapt to it. I've Absolutely. said this before. It's a lot like Clockwork Orange where, mm-hmm. like, you first read it and you're like, this is bananas. I don't understand any of this. Also, I'm deeply, deeply frightened. You know from the get-go that it's unsettling, but you don't know why. So I, I've always said it reminds me of, like, a found footage film. Like, you know oh, you're in for some some scares, but you don't know when. And, like, there's no calm moment where you're like, okay, this is fine. Like, the whole time you're just like, ugh, ugh I'm so scared. But I, I read it in four days because I finally committed to it, and I'm mm-hmm. glad I did. I mean, it's awesome. Terrifying. It's an intense book. It I, is an experience. I agree. I also started it when I was in high school for the first time, put that down, and it wasn't until a couple years later I was in college when I went through it. And, yeah, I, I think I'm glad that I waited a couple more years because I you do have to have the mindset. It is, um, it's a monster adult, of a book. Adult horror. It's for <laughs> it's, adults. Yes. Like, it's very – because in the beginning it's just very unsettling, mm-hmm. like you said, because you, you know something is wrong – it's like a descent into madness. Yes. Like you descend. I wrote that. The- <gasps> I wrote that exact thing. Shh, prove it. This is true madness. Oh, I well, said this is a descent. Perhaps the greatest work there is to capture the true essence of the. You will lose. Okay, I didn't say that exactly. <laughs> Apolog- apologies. I lied to all of you. Uh, I think his recommend or his dedication is one of my favorite things in a book. It says this book is not for you, mm-hmm. and it's so true because it's not for everyone. You're gonna. I've had. I mean, I, I feel like I've tried to recommend it, but it's got to be the right person you recommend it to. Like you wouldn't yeah. just give it to some Sally on the street. Like, oh hey, no, here's a book rec for you. I don't. I don't know. Anytime. I've never met someone on the street and been like, let me tell you <laughs> some book recs. Hey, stranger, let me hit you with some recs. Anyway. So for those who maybe don't know what it's about, as we've, like, talked, like, ten minutes about it. Adam's going to be so mad. <laughs> Whatever. I'm charged today. It's fine. Uh, there you go. Um, so it is it's, – it's multiple stories kind of in one. At the heart of it is a house that is bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. It's 
kind of like the TARDIS in that way. Um, and there's nice a family. Reference. Thanks. There's a family that moves in, and this house is obviously not all that it seems. And then, then there's like this. There's a found footage video mentioned in it, and people like reading a manuscript about the house so and about the video edits. and it's just it's like a story within a yeah. story within a story it's like inception in book form and i yes. think when it was the first release people believed the journalistic element of it oh, was yeah. real mm-hmm. like that was actually like outside of the story within the or story. like trying to find the video yeah like yeah. it's all based on like a real thing which i love i wish i read that when that was happening like could you imagine you'd be like oh my god i thought the blair witch project was real when i, I first I saw did it as well I think a lot of people did. And oh, that's yeah, like why I found footage is yeah. I finally saw the Blair Witch it was Project. The first of the you know, yeah, time, it was like yeah. so Witch, the Blair Witch the Blair Witch Project. What's it called? The Blair Witch? Blair Witch Project. Well is it no well, the one that just came out, was it Blair Witch or was it the Blair Witch? Guys, uh, I know. you're right. You're I know right. we're getting important. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, but I think it has that like that. Thank you. It would have been so inter- so cool to read this when it first was really taking off to like believe that yeah. perhaps it could be real because that's when you read horror like you want to be scared and mm-hmm. this is one of the I've read stuff that was grotesque and like creeped me out but not necessarily like really scared me and this was the one where I had to like like go into like and like pick up my dog and be like I need you to come everywhere with me including the bathroom <laughs> so I don't know I, thought I, was- I think it's the element of not knowing like you don't really know what is going on and you don't know what is happening it just continues to happen and it is like these really little moments my the for me one of the like I freaks me out every time I read the book but when they build the bookshelf and it's like in this little nook right she builds this bookshelf and there are books on the bookshelf and then she comes back and the books have fallen over because that gap in the wall has grown for just out of nowhere. Like that is as someone who like owns books and like has bookshelves, like that is just so creepy unsettling. and unsettling to me. And I think that's what it is. It's this not knowing what is going on and it being in this very real world example of, oh yeah, you move into a house and there's like this closet and you're just like, oh, what's in here? And it's just, Yeah. Except anytime you that's set up that way, you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> I know. Well, I'm really excited for my move in two weeks. Yeah, I mean, if you came to me and you're, you're like, I found welcome. this really weird book in a closet, I'd be like, you have to move. You have to move. You gotta go. You gotta claim, like, fraud. They didn't tell no, you about after the creepy move, closet. This is the house I'm dying in. It might be now. You're, it might be because I find a book in a closet. Why would you put that out into the universe? <laughs> well, if you tell us you go into a closet and then you never come back to work again... I'm just going to leave you there because I'm not going yeah, through all I'm that. Yeah, I'm like, I love That's you. Fine. I love you. I, like I would do the same so I understand. I know. Yeah, I don't. It's like when I see a spider, I'm like, ugh. Well, these people have been here for like 20 plus years, so I should be okay. Oh, you should be fine. Yeah, it's not like they've been there for five years. Unless they're, like, they're leaving huh? suddenly because of the ghost <laughs> ghost travel. Well, they weren't in a hurry to leave, so. Maybe they were just trying to find all of their family members that got lost inside of the house. All right. Well, let's, just, let's move on. <laughs> have fun. All right. So, read House of the Leaves. Read it. Read it as fast as you can. Don't do it in a long run. No. Is there no. a recommendation? And yeah. with the light on. Yeah, with, with the light, with on. light on. Preferably with a light on. Or perhaps this book is not for you. <laughs> Guys, I wrapped it up. That's a, that, yeah. a good wrap up. So what else is on everybody else's I don't list? know if it's a good wrap-up, if you call it a good wrap-up. Like, <laughs> that was great, guys. I, I, destroy, I, did I destroy all of my good jokes by saying that was a great joke. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, you, you go. You, didn't, you, you go? Yeah. Okay. You read The House of Leaves, so, so you're terrible. My first book is actually a series, but there is a caveat. So there's 25 books out right now. The 26th is coming out next year. But I would stop after book 10. (laughs) (laughs) I would not go beyond that. So it's the first book is called Guilty Pleasures, and it's by Laurel K. Hamilton. It's the Anita Blake Vampire Hunter series. So Anita starts out, she is a necromancer. Oh, I love necromancer. And she can raise people from the dead. Um, and she's also a vampire hunter, hence the name. She starts out very snarky, very sarcastic, very straight to the point, just badass. She, you know, gets knocked out by a vampire because he throws her across the room when she calls him a B-movie Dracula. <laughs> She there's a master vampire who gets in her face and she tells said master vampire you need a breath mint your breath smells like blood. Ooh, so yeah, she's like very like, like a, Buffy. Yeah, like very, I was gonna say like like yeah, Buffy. Yeah. Like, but it's all Buffy. Everyone in this room loves Buffy. Buffy. <laughs> Buffy. Adult Buffy. I'm watching it. Um, and th- there there's these are like 
So the vampires are known. Like, they know they exist. It's that kind of universe. Um, but they will slit your throats. They will eat you. They will turn you into vampire. They will just kill you. Do they poof? They do not. They do. Uh, they can. Well, For some reason, they... I thought you said poop, and I was like, oh. <laughs> "Well, they might." It's poop. not. I don't know. I don't know that's about, like my I don't first know about question. So they're they're but the like, kind of vampire. Even? They like die uh-huh. at dawn, and they come back to life at like dusk, kind of thing. Oh. So they're like knocked out. But yeah, you can kill them. You can stake them, chop their heads Garlic. off, whole thing. Burn them. Burn them. Garlic. Garlic mm-hmm. crosses. Yeah. Holy water. Holy water. Holy water. Whole. Th- but you, but their thing, though, she says, because um, I'm re-listening to the first book, you've got to believe in it. Because she's like, an atheist waving a cross is a truly pitiful sight. Because you have to believe in it. You just sure. can't hold up got the cross. It. You've got to, you that know. That is something. So that's, like, one of those things. Um, so they're very good. Um, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd consider it horror, but they're very, like, tough, badass Paranormal. vampire Paranormal, yeah. badass vampires. Um, and then around book 10, 11, um... So they are adults. There are sex scenes. They are detailed sex scenes. Um, around ten, eleven is when they start to get more sex and less plot. Uh. And you're just they like you can tell that it's just like a quick switch. Mm. So that's why I say stay with books one through ten because those are really good. Have a lot of plot. Deal with a lot of different monsters. And then she just it's just like oh okay sex scene sex scene sex scene oh plot oh sex scene. Sex scene, sex scene. That might be a selling point for some people. Some people, some might people be like, like, you know what? I hate plot. I'm here for <laughs> but for me, for me, sure, sure. I need this the plot with a little bit of the sex thrown in, not the sex with a little bit of plot. Yeah, no. I mean, you don't want to be reading a sex scene and then like during it be like, don't. I mean, like, there's some pressing things going on in this story. Like, can you speed things up a bit here? Like, yeah, that's kind of what it was. Like, I'd get to a point where I was like. Okay. Do you have time for this right now? You're hunting vampires. Right, yeah. <laughs> you do not have time for this. So that's my recommendation. Read the series. Keep going if you want, but 1 through 10 is really where it's at. Okay. So. Should I go? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I have City, Inf- City Infernal by Edward Lee. Uh, if you guys have ever read anything by him before, he's kind of a just doesn't care how you feel about any sort of propriety like just he's like the human centipede of literary horror <laughs> i would say and he does it really really well um he has a very very big collection of books i think he has a couple series couple short stories all within like the horror genre um this one's a standalone it's about the city of hell hmm. so takes the idea that there's like a metropolis in the center of hell and cassie the main character who's not really the most abundant of morals just kind of just disregards them entirely. Um, She travels to hell to save her twin sister, Lisa. And basically the story is Cassie's journey into hell. And then like it kind of climaxes in the 666th floor. (laughs) It's like a very dark, hardcore Dante. Yeah. And which is why, as as you guys know, I was like here and it has a lot of allusions to Dante. Um, Just very dark, very, very detailed and like you can picture hell by the time she gets to the mephisto building which is where the devil lives it's like you have got a full picture of what this hell looks like and it is it is it is just very unsettling and very gross but not in not in a gore sort of way like you i've heard me talk before talk about gore doesn't really bother me it's just just hell it just it sounds like hell and uh i won't ruin it but you don't it it kind of comes to the end there in the that final scene and it's like you've been waiting for it but at the same time you're like oh my god this is horrific but it's really good so in a much light-hearted mood has anyone else read horror store yes so i just read horror store (laughs) by uh grady hendrix it is a comedic horror novel it takes place in what is essentially a haunted ikea in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Oh! Not we don't have an Ikea. Not far from... I know we don't. It's, it's like literally like like in where we work, too. Really? Yeah. It, yeah. Are we supposed place. to get an Ikea? <laughs> well, there's rumors, so yeah. well, I'd be careful. Maybe this book is what pushes Ikea and be like, all right, we'll give Cleveland an Ikea. Sorry, I'm so, saying. Like, I mean, I'd love, okay. I'd love an Ikea. Yeah, right. So it's actually a, an Ikea knockoff. I mean, that's what the, the store Orsk calls itself mm-hmm. in the book is an Ikea knockoff. Um, but... It's sort of a parody of of Ikea and sort of the um, 
want to say like cult mentality around mm-hmm. Ikea. And I say mm-hmm. that as someone who loves Ikea, but you know. But uh, yeah, they in the book, they describe it as being um, off of 77 near Independence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is Ikea where Are we is? somehow? Are we Ikea? Is this like a, a dimensional thing? Are we Orsk? Well, when I heard that they're potentially putting an Ikea, like, across the street from us, I was like, guys, we should never <laughs> go in there because the chairs will attack you. Just For the Swedish wary. meatballs, You'll be, like, Shannon. pulled into to different walls and things. It, I'd come home every day with, like, a new chair, and Joe would be like, this has got to stop. But it's right across the street. I know. <laughs> also, yeah. we're helping the situation because it's clearly haunted. Right. Although, right. truthfully, if they did put it over there... That place is for sure haunted. See? I, I mean, it does look like an apocalypse. Dear zone. Ikea, if you are listening, <laughs> we should talk more. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was hysterical. It was so funny. And and in the... So, yeah, it's... it's there's, like, weird things going on overnight um, between the, the evening and the morning shift. And so this manager and two of his staff members stay overnight um, to kind of do a patrol around the store to find out what's going on. And... Between each chapter are catalog pages of items that are very much like you would find in Ikea catalog with sort of the Scandinavian names and they kind of have these fun descriptions. But as the book progresses, <laughs> the items get a little tortury. Yes. Tortury. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. I mean, it, oh my God, it was hysterical. And if you listen to the audiobook, uh, they have a lot of fun with the... Uh, catalog interludes because mm. there's like this fun little music and he does like the, that nice. sort of like commercial voice like reading the catalog oh my god it's hysterical what was it called horror store horror store then he just uh and this year i read his other um his second book my best friend's exorcism which i'm not sure if you've gotten to yet. i've checked it out but oh. i've not started it yet it's it's a lot of fun similar fun um all to be looked like a yearbook from the 80s um <laughs> There's just a lot of um, little just nuggets of cult classic type homages in there. Uh, it is it, gross in the funniest way. It's a, you know about two girls, best friends in high school, total misfits, and then the one just starts going you know batshit. So it is as a, one does, as one does. Well, I Especially mean, if I were school. possessed, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I might have been. High school was rough without being possessed. <laughs> just right. <alone. laughs> I think I don't want to, I I feel like you should go Shannon. All right. I have like 9. I but I don't need to talk about all of them. I can go. I have uh I have one on top of my I know somewhere as soon as Adam's listening to this he's going to be like, "Christina, quit directing everyone. This is not your <laughs> podcast." Yeah, Adam, I know. Well, that's why he should be here to like really win and he's not. So yeah. Sorry, this is just me unhinged. It's a horror podcast. <laughs> well, I one of my absolute favorites is uh, and I'm not sure. I guess if you can describe it as horror, but I feel like it's in the realm of the books that I feel are similar. Uh, is Night Film by Marisha <gasps> Pestle? Yes. Yeah. This book, like I envy people who haven't read this book yet, because my God, I wish I could do it again for the first time. Uh, I wish I could. I wish I could do it again and like slow down too, because I just I couldn't put it down. It's um, it's very much. It's a frame narrative, too, that's like an investigation about this man who is investigating this cult film director's daughter's death. So it's um, it's got actual, like, amazing pictures in it that are as if they were, like, Wikipedia or almost, like, you know, like, dark web-type versions of these things that are... Um, are there pictures I, in the book? Yeah, in the book, yeah. Um, of when the investigator is, like, finding things, and he gathers these two other misfit-type people, and they end up, like, breaking in to, you know, where this film director lives, and, oh, just, just, it is a ride. It's a lot of fun. Like, there's not, I don't want to give a lot away, but it is definitely something that, like, unravels as you go. Um, some of your sanity, t- too. So, I definitely recommend it. It was so good. <laughs> sort of, um, kind of on the investigation thing, one that you recommended to me, was a head full of ghosts. Mm-hmm, I have that on my list. Too. Oh, guys, it was so good. Yeah. It's uh, also sort of kind of um, exorcism based, mm-hmm. and this like family, the one daughter, and they bring in like a documentary film crew to do like mm-hmm. a TV show about it. Oh man, it's so good. I yeah. mean, if I was ever in a situation, my family was like, "Yeah, we're really concerned about you, but also we hired a documentary. Crew. <laughs> like, we're gonna exploit your pain." And make money off of it. Well, it's it's really interesting because it's told in different time 
time so it told in the past primarily at like what's happening with like this older sister's exorcist situation um and then like the younger sister in the future is talking about like yeah like get people all the time like oh my gosh is that you because you know they had a documentary of their family and just sort of like being a joke because like that was like this is my life people it's not just your cult thing so it was an interesting like real gritty way of of meeting a character because like right off the bat you realize that this girl whole horrorist like horrible life has just been broadcast through you know and it's this amazing thing for half the world um also related but um back a couple like a month ago there was the 16 horror books recommended by stephen king and that was one of them so i scared stephen king it's freaky <laughs> it scared stephen king i mean it's on his list of um Books that scared me? Yeah, scared the, <laughs> the exact quote is, scared the living hell out of me, and I'm pretty hard to scare. Yeah. yeah. That's a pretty high recommendation. Right. That is a high that recommendation. Is, I don't know if I can handle that. Yeah. All right, um, I'll go. So I've got Dead Spots by Rhiannon Freighter. Um, so this is, Mackenzie is going through a rough time. She just had a miscarriage, and her husband left her because she couldn't get over it. Oh. oh, yeah, he's a good guy. Sounds great. It sounds like a right? real champion. It's a winner. Right? Winner right there. Um, so she is driving back to her mother's house, and on the way she has this um, an accident. And when she pulls off to the side of the road, she sees an abandoned cafe. So like any sensible person, she's like, I'm going to go inside said abandoned cafe. And when she goes in the cafe, she actually opens the door to a dead spot. Now, a dead spot is sort of like this... Um, parallel plane that exists um, but it's where like your nightmares are and the only way to get in and out of a dead spot is for the door to open on the living side where we are but you only have dead spots in abandoned buildings so it doesn't happen very often so when she walks into the dead spot there's this guy Grant there and he's like no 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 don't close the door door closes um, and so this place is inhabited by monsters who, pr- who know your fears who prey on your fears um, and it's just, like, a living nightmare. Mm. Rhiannon describes this world so much and so well that I was like, I can see myself in here, which is terrifying. <laughs> um, so you don't really know what's real. She constantly hears baby crying. Her mother, she hears her mother, like, harping on her. She hears her hu- her ex-husband, you know, talking to her. So she's kind of losing her mind. She doesn't know what's real and what's not. And she finds... And the Grant guy, is he in there too? He's, like, talk, he's been in there since the 50s. Ooh. Oh. What? So Grant. he kind of helps her out because he knows is how he to navigate babe? this world. She refers to him as the Cary Grant lookalike. Oh, so he is a babe. All right. Yes. Um, <laughs> just checking. Wanted to make sure. So, I'm just once in a story, I wanted to be like, and he was ugly <laughs> for everyone wondering. <laughs> so, so I wrote in my review... Um, it's a story of a woman overcoming life and some of Depp's obstacles to find freedom from her difficult past and horrifying present. Fantastically disturbing, a u- unique tale of horrors, and a bit of psychological messing with the mind. Dead Spots is a perfect read for any horror fan. Hmm. It was very good, but also very terrifying. That's what that's what you want. Yes. Speaking of very good and very terrifying, I have one. Broken Monsters by Lauren Bukes. Um, what I, did you guys read this one before? I've read shining girls she's really so what i liked about this one it's like it's horrifying but it's not paranormal Mm -hmm. in any sense it's so um it's set in one of america's broken cities i think it's alluded to be detroit so i apologize detroit if that's well you didn't write it yeah okay so (laughs) um so there's a serial killer that is on the loose and bodies are turning up and they are fused together with animals so they're like finding you know like parts of animals fused together with human corpses and um and basically it's just kind of this like unraveling of like what this serial killer is about and why it's happening and you as a reader it's it's horrifying it's something not that it's something it it could occur in our neighborhood. I mean, hopefully not, but there's nothing supernatural about it. There's just someone on the loose who's deranged. And I think you're hoping it's supernatural by it's over, like by it's, by the end of the of the story. And that it's not an actual human going that's around. That's not some crazy human being that's uh, just, just so disturbed. But 
it, it's really good. And I think it's like some of the worst. My review said something along the lines of because I think I'm just like so poetic. I was like, <laughs> because the worst scary stories are those that are very real. Mm-hmm. I, I read earlier this year Foxlow by Eleanor Wasserberg. And uh, that was a similar one where I kept, like, hoping different things. That book kept me up. Like, it, you know, and it's a short, it's a no, almost no novella. It's it's short, it's fast, and then at the end it hits you in your face. Like, Ugh. Ugh. That's, how, that's kind of how this one was. Like, you're kind of like, you're like, I know this is going to get bad. This is about to get worse. And then you get to the <laughs> yeah. end, you're like, oh, my God. Yes, but also, yeah, very based in reality, very much a terrifying possible story which it's is not often that you're hoping it's a demon you know, yeah, you're right. like, oh man I just <laughs> like, really demon, hope I could this guy's better at night right. you know? <laughs> oh, okay. hopefully not gonna get me but yeah this guy's got cloven hooves okay we're fine yeah <laughs> um one of my favorites which is sort of an the older one, although it's not as old as I think because I was just reading an article about it but um American Psycho mm-hmm. my god <laughs> <laughs> god yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, so I, sleepless nights. Uh, yeah, I love American Psycho, and what I love about it is that you get to the end, and you really have no idea. No, and you never want to eat Grey Poupon again. No, I mean, but, Dude. like, you get to the end. <laughs> Do you eat it often? No, I don't look at it anymore. It's just, like, getting to the end of American Psycho and, and not knowing if what you read actually happened mm-hmm. or not. And, um, you know, I mean, he's sort of, like... Patrick Bateman is kind of the, the quintessential um, unreliable narrator because you just have you have no idea. Is he actually going around chainsawing people? Right. Or is he or just, yeah. Or is he just, just like, like imagining is that just it? in his brain? Like this meeting sucks. Like if I could just start chopping these people up, this would make the meeting so much more fun. And that's where it's like comes to like the whole idea of like how people go crazy. Yeah. Like you have like are we like that close to losing our minds that we just don't realize it, and then one day we're just gonna like. Yep, here we go. Well, it's such an interesting take on society, too, because it's, it's you know, it's taking place with these all these affluent, you know, yuppies is the word that they re- repeatedly use, and how, you know, people can get away with anything if they have enough money and they do it well. It's just, you know, he even he even says things sometimes to characters, and they're just like, oh, well, that sounds normal, and that's cool. It's just, you know, what happens, and pay attention to the people around you, and if they say things, you should probably pay attention if they're saying things about murder. Probably. You should probably pay attention. I mean, I'm not one to be like, oh, that's that's nice. Yeah. yeah. So-and-so was talking about murder again happens. today. How was your day? <laughs> uh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the movie is a great adaptation because, like, the way that it's written, he has these very sort of stark comparison to other parts of the book where he starts talking about, like, Huey and Lewis in the news. It's a very, like, journalistic aspect to the book. And then in the movie, it's interesting because, you know, as if you've seen it, I'm sure, um... You know, he talks to the cam- camera and is like saying all of these journalistic aspects to about a music and album reviews and stuff while killing people. So he has to return his videotapes. Yeah. Oh yeah. All oh, about the videotapes. Wait, is that who played Christian Bale? Christian Bale. That's who I was yeah. thinking. Yeah. He isn't he a method actor too? I've been really worried. I don't know. Like, just I think that I mean both uh, the. One of my, it really is a very good adaptation, but one of my absolute favorite scenes in that entire film is the business card scene. <laughs> yes. Yes. Just the business card scene. And if you've seen the movie, and they do it in the book too, but like you know exactly what I'm talking about. But I think it just, it, it's, it is. It's a commentary on society mm-hmm. and like how scary and horrifying certain segments can be. Because I feel like on some level you're like, not that we've ever gotten to that point of feeling, but it's like you see like how our mind makes that natural next jump to like what he ends up doing in the film, in the Mm -hmm. the book as well. You're like, not that you would ever go that far, lose your mind that way, but you're like, oh, obviously this is what happens when you have your morals. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I'm holding on tight to mine. It's the only thing stopping me. Oh, that's it from... Yeah, from okay. mass murder. <laughs> All right, that's good to know. Uh, yeah, so, you know. All right. Pay attention, guys, talking about murder over here. Learned a lot about you today. Mergers <laughs> and acquisitions. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, Have Haunted by Chuck Palahniuk. <gasps> I love that book. That's so good. And he's, like, a, a classic example of somebody who takes, like, everyday life and is just like, yep, yeah, I'm going to seriously gonna turn this on its head. Yeah. So this one is 23 kind of stories in one story. The They're the people who have answered an ad for a writer's retreat and have 
unknowingly joined like a survivor show kind of almost like saw-esque and um where the 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 game maker basically has all of the heat power and food and you're hearing from each one of these uh victims participants so like each story they're all trying to make themselves the hero of the story but so it's like completely unreliable and like pretty much all of them are terrible (laughs) um but it's also chuck so it's like outrageous and at times darkly funny and just yeah adam and i i can't remember in what context we were talking about but we were talking about the short story guts oh okay a couple weeks ago which is probably one of the more disturbing stories and um from at least in my personal opinion of the collection but yeah it's it's good it's good stuff i love all of chuck's stuff chuck is great chuck if you're listening follow me on twitter <laughs> <laughs> i've already yeah. requested to that's it you, so he has a new book coming out next year i know i'm excited not to, but isn't it not till, till may of 20, yeah, it's 2018 or something like that it's a while but it's coming um I have The Ruins by Scott Smith. Oh, my God. That was my next one. Was it really? Yes. It's like magic. Yeah. It's um, like magic. I don't know why I, like, pointed to my screen. Like, you could see it. Like, I'm telling the truth, Jill. Like, look. Uh, it's Jill's like, in the other room. I am. Thank you <laughs> for that visual. Um, yeah, it's this group of friends who go, like, hiking in the Mexican jungle, like you do, mm-hmm. and um, come across ancient ruins. And, I mean, um, those were my weekend's plans. <laughs> Things get a little weird. <laughs> um, it's like when plants attack, basically. Yes, that's a good way of describing it, when plants attack. And so it's like part survival story, and then... They're kind of going crazy. Plants attacking, and... Hacking yeah. up their person. Uh, that one kept me up. That was one that I had... Yeah, I had a hard time, because I had nightmares. Just very, one. like... Like, you feel like you had a bug on you, almost. Yes. Like, when they're talking. Because the, the plants essentially kind of take over they, they have like a supernatural element obviously there is a movie about this and the movie is frankly terrible one with mark Wahlberg and zoe de chanel no that one that's no happening that's, that's the, what i've been thinking about but this those whole are, time when plants attack those are plants are attacking kind of, us but this is no this is like i don't even think the guy that was in uh x-men who played the ice man he's in it anyway it's not good <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. The, like, I was just, I don't know. I read the book and then saw the movie, and I was just like, oh, man, don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. Not all books should be made into movies. That's what I said. Speaking of books made into movies. Segway. Um, mine's twofold. So I've got Interview with a Vampire oh, by Anne Rice. Oh, right. yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Very, very good book. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um. Have you ever, there's a image first came out when like Twilight came out. It's a picture of Louis and Lestat, and the top part of it says, "Is he sparkling?" And the bottom <laughs> is, "That shit is not acceptable." <laughs> um, so that very very good. Um, I like it a lot. Do you like the movie better? Really, I do. I mean, I I, I agree. The movie is. Perfection. I mean, I'm, the movie is really good. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see the movie until normal. many years after I read the book, mm-hmm. and I that was one of those books that I just sat in my room when I was in high school and did not come out until like yeah, a big chunk of it was, and then I was like, all right, see you later after dinner. Right, it was, it was one of those movies I wasn't supposed to be watching. I remember my parents were like, "No, you're too young for this," and like finding a way to watch it, like, yeah. squandered off by myself, Most and then movies, being like, yeah. I'm scared. I feel like I watched it on, like, TBS or TNT and something when I was younger, and then I watched it when I was older on, like, DVD or, like, HBO, I was like, what is this scene? This scene is new! I was cutting them all out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, um, oh the yeah, because they kind of... They, yeah, I they, should rewatch that now. Um, Brad Pitt. I remember that was, like, the first time I was watching something on the television was like, who is that band? And, like, I was like, I'm having feelings. Like, what is this? Antonio Banderas, too. I know. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot that he was yeah. Armand is, like, my favorite. Mm-hmm. I was obsessed with that entire series. My friends and I were obsessed with that entire series when we were in high school. And uh, we all had, like, nicknames from it and everything like that. It was we were oh. weird. We were those kids. But um, Armand <laughs> was always my favorite. And, like, after she finished the series and she would she had, um, um, like, standalone sort of mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe them, but they were about some of the vampires that she referenced in this series, but didn't really tell their full story. And there was one all about Armand. It was, oh, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> Just like I was here for that book. Yeah. Um, and then to go along with that, Ashley Marie Witter 
did a graphic novel interview with the vampire Claudia story. Ooh. Oh. That was really good. So it tell so Claudia story, obvious from right before she gets turned to spoiler alert, right before she goes poof. Right. Got it. <laughs> so it's like her whole story told it's it's a very short graphic novel form, but it was very good and I really kind of like a nice in depth look into her her view of, you know, being this perpetual eight year old or whatever. And then, you know, but having these feelings for Louis, but also being like, I also have the body of an eight year old, which is Yeah. yeah. But being having the mind of like a hundred something. Um, I remember reading uh about how Anne and her husband Stan is a poet and his poems show up in Queen of the Damned. Mm -hmm. Um and they had a daughter who died when she was about that age and that's sort of what Sparked. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they also have a son, Christopher, who is also a writer, and he writes um, horror sort of type things as well. And I think he and Anne have a book or had a book come out recently, and I'm trying to look for it now, and I did not sounds, prepare for this. <laughs> it sounds familiar. Like, I feel like I remember. Is it Christopher? They, no, they have Ramsey's the Damned. Um, they wrote a book together this year. Oh. It is... Um, Called Ramsey's the Damned, the Passion of Cleopatra. I was gonna say Ramsey's like that's that's Cleopatra, not vampire. Yeah, um, Ramsey's the Great, former Pharaoh of Egypt, is reawakened by the elixir of life in Edwardian England. Oh, there you go. Well, so that's Anne and her. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, and then he Ramsey says a reawakened Cleopatra with the same. Perilous elixir whose unworldly force brings back the brings the dead back to life. Oh, like so, like the plot of the mummy, sort of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's Anne Rice and her son Christopher. All right. Well, I'm gonna read that. I like that. I never write a book with my parents, not because my parents are both very intelligent and we could write a book together but I feel like the whole time I, I would just completely take over like as I do <laughs> and most things my, my parents but don't put my name on that well didn't you have didn't, did you have Stephen King and Owen Kings on your list yeah okay want to talk about that yeah, I was going to transition okay. yeah but I was waiting I feel like I, I didn't know I was waiting for the cue did I just like take your whole time? <laughs> I was waiting like, for take, the cue Jill. did I take I your know. entire transition away from you <laughs> no it's okay it's just, I'm just really upset over here uh, Sleeping Beauties bye Stephen and Owen King. Speaking of familiar connections, that was going to be my tradition. Sorry. <laughs> so in this story, it's uh, when the women in this very small Appalachian town go to sleep. Um, they become shrouded in like this cocoon-like gauze, and if they're awakened, or if the gauze is ra- the gauze is disturbed or violated, the women become like feral and spectacularly violent and while they're asleep, they go someplace else, and every, the men are abandoned, basically, and left to their own devices, with the exception of this one girl named Evie, who seems to be immune to the blessing, and then it's like, is she a demon? Is Should we study her? Like, what? I'm, I'm, I've not read it. I'm really excited about it. I think anything Stephen King does is phenomenal, and I'm happy to read his son's take. Um, also, don't disturb me when I'm sleeping, so I understand. I know, that's what I was thinking of. Like, I feel like Stephen King woke up one day and his wife was in a bad mood and went, I, I got I got an here. idea. No, I actually was, uh, I heard an interview with the two of them, uh, because the book just came out. So yeah, on, I think it came out It was out on Morning line. Edition. Yeah, um, I think it was Owen's idea, and he, like, went to his dad. I was like, hey, dad, we should write this. Remember how grumpy mom gets? <laughs> That's like that's I, that's what it was. Like if someone woke woke me up, I'd be very angry as well. Yes, if someone no, like I, disturbed I, my I sleeping gauze, like my sleeping gauze, I'd be like, get off. Go make your own breakfast. Yeah, I'm obviously getting. That's how you know you forward. have a lot of clout is when you go to the publishers. Like the women go to sleep and they wake up angry when the men wake them up, and the publishers are like, all right, all right, run with much. it. Yeah, have fun, go with it. But they talked about the writing process and how. Um, they don't really remember who wrote what. You know, like, they like they would each sort of write a part, and then the other one would go back and edit it or add to it. Hmm. So it's very much a collaborative process, because they write a passage together. Like, they kind of went back and forth. And um, she goes, do you either remember who actually wrote that part? And they're like, no, we don't. Because it was just, like, that collaborative that That's they awesome. kind of kept writing cool. and rewriting each other's that. So. 
Yeah. Be deeply upsetting for Owen if it was like clearly obvious when it was him. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm clearly like a crap writer and my right. dad's so talented. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. Like that would be hard. Yeah. I don't know. Shannon, anything else on your list? You know, I just recently listened to the audiobook. I've been doing sort of um, classics, uh, and I, I several years ago I read um, Shirley Jackson, <gasps> The Haunting of Hill House, and then just a uh, couple... Christina likes that book. I love that book. I, I talked about it in the it's YA great. podcast. It's so good. It is great. And then I just listened to We Have Always Lived in the Castle um, a couple weekends ago. Don't. <laughs> That's I just talked about this one. It's I becoming a movie. You. It's becoming yeah. I didn't realize that until I was listening to it, and I was like looking things up afterwards, which was interesting. That you know that I, I think it's interesting when older things like that are now on the forefront. But um, but I've been I've been doing things like that, listening to older ones. I'm now listening to the Woman in White, which is actually reputed to be one of the first, if not the first, like sensation novel. Um, so it's 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 a lot about you know women losing their mind in asylums and very infuriating in that way. But it's so interesting just to you know sort of have this completely different and older take on you know on the society and different like stark contrast to what I'm used to be re- reading when it comes to uh, feeling uncomfortable and scared. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm really I we've always lived in the castle. I mm. I love that story. Um, I'm curious like because. With Mary Cat and Constance, like if they are going to turn it into a movie, like how I've pictured them in my head for so long, like I hope the movie sets the story in old times. Otherwise, the story doesn't work. I would hope so as well. I guess I didn't. I, there wasn't much on it. It seemed like the production was far enough and long that there would be more or a trailer or anything. Um, so I'm interested to see what it's yeah. going to be like. Um, the adaption of Haunting of Hill House into The Haunting was not good. I don't disagree with you. I didn't dislike The Haunting, but I think it's completely separate. I do. I Okay, yes. I, I think, it should I be think if you do that, then it's... it's not. An, it shouldn't even be called an adaption. It should be called not. just like a brief ode. Yes. Like, like a minute. Inspired in by is yeah. fine. Yeah. Wow. Sorry. Yeah, Go if back. you read the book and then watch the movie and expect the things to happen, you will not. You will be surprised. You can't put Liam Neeson in a picture and just expect greatness all the time. I mean, uh, can you though? I mean, I, I feel know. like you can. I feel like you can. I don't know. I feel like he's done some paycheck movies. Oh, um, for sure. Taken three. <laughs> Did you read my mind? Taken three. Okay, that's fair. Mind. At that point, I'd been like, you know what? They're yours. Just, I mean, he does have a really take good cast. Just though. take them. Just keep them. I'm fine. Catherine Zeta Jones. Yeah. First Owen time Wilson. I get it. Second time revenge. Some random girl. I keep. Forget- I couldn't remember. We talked about you it in mean the, YA the main po- character. Yeah, I can't remember her name. And we d- forgot it in the YA podcast too. Sorry, whoever you are. Sorry, actress who played the main character. Oh, no. I- I um, Lily Taylor. Lily Taylor. Oh, I love Lily Taylor. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, Lily. Sorry, She's Lily. in things. <laughs> She's been she in is things. in things. Yeah, She's I been in a film or two so, here or there. Like uh, your uh, comment about women going crazy or whatever I think. oh in asylums and things that yes. it that reminded me of something that um i think when i first read it i had not considered it horror but now being in my 30s i do the yellow <laughs> wallpaper i was hoping you were to say yellow wallpaper jill we're like so in sync today i know i wish i could touch you from where i am <laughs> I have put your window. hand against the glass i know like yeah i mean when i read it in- jill's not into it <laughs> christina's got her hand Sorry. <laughs> it's cool fine ghost me um <laughs> When I when I read the yellow wallpaper, you know, I, like studied it. I was an English minor, and um, I, like you I got it. I mean, I understood what they were saying, but now it's kind of scary. Just like all of it. I, I I have not read that one. It is on my list. Shannon, here. I'm sorry. It's basically like if you ever had a moment where you like kind of lost your temper mm. back then, they'd be like, well. Off to the asylum you go. Yeah. With your hysterics and your crying. Yeah. That I mean, that's a lot of the woman in white while I'm, you know, washing my dishes in my kitchen. I'm just like, she's fine. Leave her alone. <laughs> yeah. It's just uh, having a moment. Yeah. Yeah. And she would with the way you're treating her. Yeah. So, but time pieces, and, and I have to always, you know, remind myself to calm down and not put myself in the shoes. And you're going to end up in the asylum. <laughs> she read a book and she went in hysterics and I just don't know what to do with her anymore. I'd probably have been thrown in a couple of St. Asylums by now. Oh, absolutely. Scott doesn't always put the dishes away. I'd probably be like, ah, and he'd be like, off to the asylum. waking you up sometimes, too. This is not where this pot goes. Disturbing your sleep. My sleeping gauze. 
whatever that means in your. That's uh, <laughs> what guys. Stephen King calls it. Sleeping yeah. gauze. I don't know. Sleeping gauze. Comfy blanket. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have another Stephen King book. Okay. Obviously, it. Yes. I've not read it. What? Uh, my friend Julia has read it uh, right before we went and saw the, the film. And spoiler, I always say film. I don't know. Like, I don't mean to sound so like. It sounds like very snobby when I say it. I don't say movie. I say film. I like to say film. Anyway, when we we're saw going to the pictures, we're going again. to the film. And um, I loved the f- the film when I was young. I saw like ten minutes of my cousins were babysitting me or someone. I was with my older cousins and I wasn't supposed to be watching the movie they were watching. I don't think they were babysitting me because I don't think they would have been allowed like to watch me. But anyway, I was like, they're like, you're not allowed to watch this, and I like snuck down to watch it because I was like you can't tell that to us yeah I was like I'm gonna watch this scary thing because I'm an adult and I watched the scene where he's in the storm drain (laughs) (laughs) and I literally cried for I had to tell my parents I was like I saw this movie and then like and they people got in trouble and my mom was like this is why you can't watch scary movies like you're a baby and uh, anyway it is something I would like to challenge myself to read now having seen the the film and being both terrified of it and just loving it because it was such a good story. It had everything. You know, Julia, when I asked her, I was like, how would you sell this to people listening? And she was like, everyone should face their fears. It's terrifying. It's heartbreaking. It'll make you sad. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you scream. Like, it has all the elements of a really, really good story, not just scary. In fact, when I was looking up information on it before I went and saw the film, I had, someone had said in a review that it was like a really good coming of age story. So in my mind, I was like, oh, so it won't be that scary. (laughs) And then in the theater, I'm sitting there with my coat over my face, like, liar, you have lied to me. This is horrifying. Anyway, uh, I want to read that. So I highly, highly, highly recommend the audiobook. Okay. Really? That'd take forever. 45 hours. I oh. know, but you can speed it. Okay, so this oh is... Oh, God, that is a work week. Doesn't that depress you? No, because that's... That's, that's longer than a... Okay. No, maybe you work week. Um, so I... Uh, it's narrated by actor Steven Weber. Um, and he talks fairly slow in the narration, so you could actually speed it up a little bit mm-hmm. and be okay. But it is... One of the and I and I say this is someone who listens to a lot of audiobooks. It is one of the best audiobook narrations I have ever listened to. Does he do the Hiya Georgie really well? He does. I mean, he does all of it. He does like all of the characters have very distinct voices, and you can tell that this is coming from an actor who really likes to get into the role he's playing. It's just really, really well done. It's long, <laughs> but yeah, I just I I I'm a clowns fan. I'm not even that scared of clowns. Like, not like a deep phobia of mine. It I might mean, be I after don't know. This. I guess if I saw a clown on the street, like, just like, I wouldn't be like, I'm going to go seek out that clown. But <laughs> I mean, I'm not like ever like terrified. But that was just that it's something I do want to like make myself read. But I have, I've, I've built so, like, so much up in my mind that the audiobook might, and I could do it at work where I'm safe. That's what I do. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. I'm just uh, saying it's a really good audiobook. So I have one that's actually historical fiction. Okay. So, I'm sure many of you have heard of the of Countess Elizabeth Bathory. <gasps> yes. So this is called the Countess. I don't know why not by was, Rebecca Johns. She? So she is a noblewoman. I want to say in the 1600s. Okay. So this is sort of a dramatization of her life. Um, about so it starts off with her, you know, becoming a loving wife and mother, and wanting to do you know excel in that and secure her family's future. And then slowly turns into her descent of murdering and bathing in blood. Yep. Um, good stuff. Yeah. So it was very, very good because she's essentially writing this letter to her son explaining everything. And it's about how she is murdering the daughters of these noble women in effort to retain her virtue and youth and shiny, dewy skin. Like you do. Like you do. I mean... I mean, skincare is tough. Skincare is important. You, gotta, you know, keep it fresh. And you need the blood of virgins so wait, to keep I've it real good. Of this. Oh yeah, she's considered like the first first like, serial killer, killer or first female serial yeah. killer, one of the two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she 
was just slaughtering young women for their blood, and they ended. Um, she eventually ran out of people in her neighboring town, so she had to like outsource it. And then all the nobles were like, "What's happening to our daughters?" And they realized what was happening, and they like walled her up in like a room, and all she had was like a little slit for like food. Yeah. Because they were like, well, we can't kill you and try you because you're a noble woman, but you're also batshit crazy and a danger in murdering people. She looks good in this picture, though. So well, that's because she's bathing in the blood of noble women's I virgin. I mean, yeah, that's probably proven uh, good for her skin if I you mean, didn't go that far. <laughs> the price of beauty. So that's really good because it kind of gets into her mindset and her descent, and it's very messed up, very scary. I haven't read that. I didn't. It's I'm, good. I'm very excited to discover this little piece of history mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about. I watched a lot of stuff on TV during during Halloween, of like yeah, serial killers and ghosts. And I just listened to a podcast. Doesn't about everybody the do that? Cecil Hotel. It's true. You guys ever hear that? The Cecil Hotel. Mm-hmm. It's real. It's real haunted. Where is it located? Uh, America. It was in America. Uh, California. I think California. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, it is. It's like by Skid Row in California. Yeah. Uh, it's where like a lot of really Oh, wait, is that the one that was... The woman was found in the water system? No, is that the... Well, yeah. maybe. Yes, that one. And then oh. the Black Dahlia and no. then two oh, serial The Black killers. Dahlia. Yeah. Is this the one when American Horror Story, is it based on that, I wonder? I think so. I think so, yeah. So I did not... So I was... Anyway, this... No Lady Gaga at this hotel, though. Yeah, no Lady Gaga. Probably. Right. No, probably not, but... Uh, anyway, that's not... It's not a book, so I can stop talking, but if you ever want to discuss conspiracy theories, listeners, hit me up got a lot of thoughts <laughs> what podcast were you listening to haunted places <gasps> all right i'm gonna have to look for that one look it up his voice is a uh, uh his voice is a i thought i was listening to an ad for the first four minutes because i was his voice threw me off and then i was like oh wait this is part of podcast so i'd like start it over because <laughs> his voice is very much like in the middle of the night this happened and it was like really intense and i was like i wonder when he's gonna get to like when are we gonna get to the story and then uh, but a little cheesy but really good i liked it my uh, Julia, who's recommended a lot of the horror books on this list, suggested it to me because she knows I like that kind of stuff. So thanks again, Julia. I'm not going to sleep ever. Thanks for you. <laughs> um, so quickly, because we've gone almost an hour. I'm going to have every, I'm going to put you all on the spot. Hopefully you've maybe thought about this. But Uh-oh. if you had to pick like your favorite horror book, what would it be? Who wants to start? I'll start. Um, I would have to go with House of Leaves, honestly. Yep. I, was, I mean, I feel like I should go against the grain here because you both have said it, but also that. <laughs> it's it's a Leviathan. It is, a, it is an adventure once you've done it. I, I feel like it is one of the toughest things that I've read and then such you a gratifying that, experience. Read it, you're like, I finished yeah. it. And also you're, like, having to struggle with sleeping at night. So of, I'll really... say Haunting of Hill House for the sake of. It's very good, though. It's very good. <laughs> the one I'm going to go with might have also been a circumstantial thing. Because my dumbass read it when we were camping in the middle of the woods. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Which is not when you read <laughs> no, horror novels. It's not when you read horror novels. Um, because I didn't sleep at all that weekend. And I didn't even finish the book. I got a few chapters in. Um, so it was The Shining by oh, Stephen King. Yeah. I don't know why I thought that was a good book to read before we went camping. On Memorial Day weekend, so it was an extended weekend. Mm. And on the way to the campsite, and within the first couple hours we were there, because I went to bed that night, and I actually didn't go to bed that night. Like, every noise. I was, like, like looking around, like, that's I'm going to die. So, and I actually didn't finish it because I was so scared from that weekend, and I still haven't gotten the nerve to pick it up. But I'm pretty sure, again, that was because I was reading it while I was camping in the middle of the woods. Not the smartest decision. No. 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 I don't think if I had to, like, pick a horror film to not, or a horror book to not, like, you know when you're, like, pick your favorite YA universe? Yeah. Where would you, like, would you survive it or whatever? And everyone's, like, hunger, people who like the Hunger Games are like, I'm good. I don't want to play this game. Like, <laughs> House of Leaves, absolutely. I don't want to, I don't want to be any part of that. No. Same with City Infernal. Nope. I'm good. Don't want to be. I think it's safe to say most of these I would not want to be a part of. <laughs> but, yeah. Fair. Well, then, here's the question. Why do we read them? Vicarious. Because you know. everyone likes to be it's, a little bit scared. It's that adrenaline. That's yeah. It's the it's the connotation. It's the time of year almost too. Mm-hmm. Like I like I like getting scared this time of year. It's a I rush. mean, it's just yeah. It is it is a rush. I do agree. 
Especially at 3 o'clock in the morning when you wake up and you're like, what was that noise? That's the worst, though, when you are, like, actually scared in real life and you're like, I know enough. Yeah. I've read enough. This is how I go. Well, like, I'm constantly looking to see if I, like, locked my door or if anyone's in my tiny apartment as if I wouldn't really know that right away. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. I am. Um, that, too. So, quick story. Joe, my husband, was gone somewhere for the night or maybe the weekend. No, no, it was the night. Um, and... I was so freaked out. I don't remember what book I was reading, but I had moved the garbage can over the cycling bin in front of the door in our garage that leads to the outside because if someone or something broke in, they'd have to knock over the garbage can. And they <laughs> so, would be like, nap, not right. today. Not so he came that. home the next morning. He's like, why is the garbage can in front of the uh, garbage, the, the garage door? I'm like, oh, to deter the ghosts and the murderers. And he's like, oh, that would have stopped them. I'm like, yeah. It's like when you don't put your foot over the edge of the bed because you're like, I'm not dying tonight. Oh, yeah, you got to oh, yeah. under the no, covers. No, no, no. Under yeah, the covers. Under not the even under the bed. Under the covers. Then you watch the movie The Grudge and it's like, no, you broke the rules. <laughs> it's your fault, Sarah Michelle. You should know better. <laughs> yeah, you weren't prepared. You're Buffy. Yeah, that, that's why I can't watch that movie. I'm like, Buffy would not tolerate yeah, yeah. this. I, I feel like it'd be hard and to play like that role. And have all the lit yeah. in the world. Minimum, like, snark. Like, what are you doing, ghost? Get out of my shower. I'm trying to wash off the blood. You're evil. We get it. All right. So on that note, <laughs> um, thank you all for coming on the podcast and talking about horror books with Any, me. Anytime. Anytime. It was Friday the 13th. Uh, how was your first time, Shannon? Oh, it was pretty good. Good. We'll have to have you back. I, I'd love to be back. Awesome. All right. Well, I hope all of our listeners found some good reads um, for October and Halloween and all that fun and stuff. And if you didn't, don't at me. I'm really fault. into saying don't add me. <laughs> okay. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.